student advocates for wellness are now offering our contactless condom program. Springfield College students can receive free condoms in discreet, unmarked packaging delivered straight to their door. All you have to do is go to our Instagram at SC underscore student advocates, click the link in our bio, and fill out a Google form telling us your name, dorm, and room number, and the condoms will come straight to your door. Once again, that's at SC underscore student advocates. And always remember, we come faster than you do. Welcome to this episode of the Wellness Triangle, your one-stop shop for all things spirit, mind, and body, brought to you by us, the Student Advocates for Wellness. I'm Ariana. And I'm Erin, and on today's episode, we will be talking about life after graduation. Today, we are joined by Gabby DeRose, who graduated Springfield College in spring of 2022, graduating with her degree in health science. Since graduating, she has begun her career in healthcare as a new patient coordinator at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and has moved to Boston, Mass. Thanks for joining us today, Gabby. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Pretty good, pretty good. We just have a couple questions for you today. Thanks for coming on our podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So first, we're going to start off by talking about how you kind of ease your career anxiety. So the first question is, what factors convinced you to enter the workforce directly after graduation instead of continuing your education? Yeah, so for me personally, I so I grew up in Western Mass. I grew up right outside of Springfield. Um, and going to Springfield College obviously was amazing. And like going to Springfield College was very different than growing up in Western Mass. Um, so part of me, by the time we, I got towards the end of my senior year, I was just like itching to get out of Western Massachusetts. Um, mm-hmm. But also too, I think part of me just knew um, I had a really big major change in college, like sophomore, first half of my college career, I was a phys and health ed major. And then halfway through, I switched to health science. I know I can't even take myself seriously when I say that because I was like, (laughs) oh my God, I was a phys ed major. That's so weird. Um, But I think part of the reason I switched to health science because it is such a general degree and I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what like direction I wanted to go in. Um, And I just knew, I think from my standpoint like going back to school wouldn't be like a smart move for me and not really knowing this is something I like I know exactly what I want to go back for um and still to this day I don't know what I want to go back for so I'm glad I made the decision that I made but yeah I was I kind of knew I think like mid halfway through senior year I was like yeah I definitely want to leave um leave Western Mass if I can and if I can find a job somewhere else that'd be super cool so yeah that kind of ease my decision making. Awesome. Well, happy that you're doing something that's out of Western Mass now, finally. Um, and you're in the area. So, so thinking about your job search, what did that kind of look like? Because um, I know you were talking about trying to get out. So did you look at like places all across the country or were you like more specific to Boston? You know, kind of how did you narrow down what exactly you wanted to go into? Yeah, like I just remember, and I don't know about you guys, because I know you guys are both going back to school in the fall, and maybe you guys have like friends that could relate that are seniors right now. Like trying to search for a job is so hard while you're in school. Because it's, and I didn't realize it until I got out of like into the workforce that the reason a lot of these jobs weren't getting back to me that I was applying for or whatever was because they want to fill the positions like now. They don't want to wait till you graduate in May. Yeah. Um, So my job search began like that, like I was saying earlier that like mid senior year, halfway point, I kind of realized I didn't want to go back to school. 
Um, and I decided that the first part of my senior year, like right after we get back from break, like January into like February, I wanted to like dedicate my time to job searching. I literally spent and it was so bad senior year I would like neglect my homework I wouldn't do my homework and I would apply to jobs I go to the fourth floor of the Marty Commons and like lock in a lot of like spreadsheets I was on I spent like all my time on LinkedIn um and I just really kind of refined my search based on like healthcare admin jobs um I wanted to be in Boston because I knew I didn't want to be too far from my friends and family but I needed a new location um, and Boston has some of the best healthcare in the country. So I was like, this would be an amazing place. If I could get land a job here, it'd be crazy. Um, and yeah, just a lot of revising cover letters and resumes and sending my applications literally everywhere and applying for everything, even if I knew I was like not qualified for it, because I remotely applied for everything that looked interesting. But typically I stayed out in the Eastern Mass because I knew I wanted to like stay in this area. And so as you were doing that job search, what helped you feel most prepared and confident when you did land like a job interview? So what are your tips yeah. for job interviews? So the whole reason I land the interview at Dana-Farber was because I met an alumni at the alumni networking event in the spring that was hosted. I was just sitting at this like round table that they kind of like, I don't put you in based on your like interest. I was sitting next to this really cute woman who's wearing a Dana-Farber Cancer Institute like name tag. So I pee my pants because I'm like, oh, I've applied like five jobs there, okay? <laughs> um, hi. So I introduced myself to her. I set up a Zoom call with her a week later and we're chatting on the phone. She's like, I know this position you applied for. I'm familiar with it. I think you'd be a great fit. Let me email some people. She like blind copies me. I resume on an email and I obviously look up who she emails this to and she emails my resume to the chief of gynecologic oncology. And yeah, it, that's so that's how I got the job, because basically when I first applied, they sorted out my resume because I said I wouldn't start until June. They're like, she's starting way too late. We need to fill the job now. But I kind of got my foot in there. So I think that was something, too, where I'm just like being at Springfield, like use your resources. I didn't almost go to that alumni networking event that night because I was just was in a bad mood. I think that I was I, know, I was hangry, probably. I have no idea. <laughs> but I went and now I have a career. So that's like super cool. So in terms of like gaining confidence, that was kind of like, it helps like having a familiar face to refer to that's like familiar with what you do, like tap into your Springfield, like circle, your resources, people that you think you wouldn't, wouldn't want to hear from you, reach out to them because nine out of 10 times they want to help you. Um, do your research borderline, like, like online, look up every single thing you can about the company, know your stuff. Um, being on the receiving end, because I've done a handful of interviews now since I've worked with Dana-Farber for people. And it's just like, if you like, you know, ask questions to the interviewers, even if you think that they've answered everything that you like think you don't know, ask, always ask some sort of question, at least like two or three. Um, and yeah, kind of just like be confident in yourself. Think of it as like, they wouldn't reach out to you for an interview if they didn't think that you had potential. Um, they're not going to waste their time and they're not going to waste your time. So if you remotely, so if you hear back, like have some confidence in yourself and just kind of roll with it. If it doesn't work out, it's not meant to be. So what kind of stuff do you do in your position? Would you be able to walk us through like a typical day in the life of your job, like your job responsibilities, you know, time you go in, time you leave, stuff like that? Yeah, I'll give you a typical day in the life, quote unquote, everything goes I, the way I want it to. And I plan on it because I have a whack-ass routine. So I wake up at five. 
and I go to the gym. Public transportation is my friend because um, I don't have a car here in Boston. I, my legs are always tired because I just literally walk everywhere. And sometimes I hop on the bus at five in the morning and go to the gym. Um, I get there typically around like 5.30, 5.45, work out, get back to my apartment, um, get ready for work. And thankfully, I have the luxury of where I live. I only walk 10 minutes to my job. So I just shower, change, turn around and go to work. I clock in at eight. Um, I work all day. It's typically 40 hours a week. I get out at 4.30. Sometimes I say over depending on like the needs of my patients. Um, and then I come home and just the afternoon, I just rest, relax. If I have plans, I have plans. Sometimes I hang out with friends during the weeknights and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, typically I say the way it goes, cause waking up at 5 a.m. does not always work. This morning it did. And I don't know why I was like excited to get up at five. I was like, what the hell? But yeah, so that's like a typical day in the life of everything goes my way. Um, and if it doesn't go your way too, I used to get so hyper fixated on like, when stuff doesn't go my way or like I don't wake up in time or like I don't have as much time to like do something in the morning or get ready I like freak out but it's just one of those things where it's like adult life and just like life in general just doesn't go your way and you can't like hyper fixate when I don't know like you're it's like if I clock in or walk in five minutes late then like oh my god I'm not gonna like lose my job it's not the end of the world so my title is technically a new patient coordinator. Um, so basically pa my patient loaded Dana Farber is gynecologic oncology patient. So you have ovarian cancer, endometrial cancer, um, vulvar cancer, things of that nature. My patients typically are brand new to Dana Farber. So nine out of 10 times they have like either like a brand new like cancer diagnosis or some sort of like recurrence. And I kind of walk them through the process of getting scheduled for their appointment, getting in with the provider, I do a lot of stuff with medical records, pathology. We work a lot with other hospitals. Um, and just like you're kind of like just a patient's liaison, I guess. Um, they have my phone number. They call me. And you like build a relationship with them. So I love, I, that's why I also love it because I love working with people and almost all the patients, I could say basically all the patients are like absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy it and like building relationships with patients and helping them out in a time that can be like really tough. Yeah, definitely. Wow. wow, I'm glad you like it so much. That was <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I do actually really like my job. That's why I'm like, you seem like you have such a good routine down. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like I was talking, I think I was actually talking with Hannah about this the other day, or like some other friends I have out here, because like just post grad too. Like my day in the life that I gave is a very bad example of realistic day in the life because it rarely goes that way, but like. Like postgrad to like, I think Springfield is such a culture of being so active that like working 40 hours a week. And I mean, like, like I'm like working, like I don't check my phone until like five in the afternoon some days. Like it's just so draining. And you just, as much as your brain wants to be active and you feel the need to be doing all these things, because that's how the culture was in college, you just physically can't. There's just not always like the accessibility to like, you know, like I always think about it. I'm like, there's like, the fact that the wellness center was like a five second walk from the townhouses was like insane. Now I have to like plan my whole day around going to the gym or like getting outside or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I think too, especially for Springfield people, like I've talked to some friends post-grad that didn't go back to school about this. And we kind of all have the same kind of, we not, I should say struggle because we kind of just figure it out every day, like kind of our active lifestyle, just sometimes like just 
don't work out. Like life is just gone up hours in the day. So I know that you had just talked about like your being away from college friends and how some are living close to you and some are still like in Western Mass or doing their own thing in other places. Um, so I kind of want to ask you, how do you balance moving on and finding new friends while also staying in touch with your college friends? Do you have any advice on this? Yeah, I know, Erin, big sad. It's so like, like literally, I think end of senior year, when we were graduating, we all kind of knew our perspective, what we were going to do. I almost like, I, it didn't hit me till I moved here. It didn't hit me till I was moved into my apartment September 1st and my parents were driving away. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I can't left the car. I'm stuck here. Like it was whack. But I think it's one of those things. So the majority of my friends, um, I have, so I have my best friend, obviously Hannah from college that you guys know that lives out here with me. We literally live five minutes. I can walk to her house in five minutes. So that's a beautiful, so we, we, we spend a lot of time together, me and that girl. Um, <laughs> My best friend from high school actually lives across the street from Hannah. So small freaking world. So now we all hang out. Yeah. What? And yeah, I know. And like, just like, and she went to Fairfield. So I've just met some of her friends and like, I've made friends through my job. I've made friends at the gym I go to. I go to an all women's fitness facility in Brookline. It's like amazing. So I made some friends there. Um, but it's really tough. I think too, especially like it doesn't help like, social media and stuff too like can really get into your head and when you see everybody posting like oh like going out or doing this as a group or doing that as a group it's weird because post-grad it's like sometimes you have that group but I do so much stuff by myself and I love my alone time and it's so good and it's good for me and my mental health but also sometimes it's kind of like you just go from living in a house with like seven of your closest friends to like you're alone so it's just like that transition and like there's and everybody kind of I think everybody's gonna have their own way about going about it and kind of adjusting to this new lifestyle that we have as adults but um I think for me the best thing I did was that I really made it I make it a point to kind of reach out to my friends at Springfield still um it's great when I go to visit because the majority of my friends are there so I can kind of see a lot of people all in the short span of time um, and yeah, just like reach out to people, you know, if you're thinking like, I'm very big now since post-grad, like if I know if I'm like, oh, if I see something or like something reminds me of a friend or like, I think of an old, I see an old memory online or something. I like, will make it a point to reach out to them. Just to let them know that like, I'm thinking, cause I, I receive that stuff and it makes me like, it makes my day. So it's just kind of like being intentional about keeping those connections and also to, if you know that there's relationships from college that are no longer serving you, you just don't have to force it. You don't have to be so hard on yourself and you don't have to be, because at the end of the day, it's kind of like, if the like it was a great friendship, enjoy it, enjoy the memories. You still have love for this person, but if they're not serving you anymore, don't force it. So yeah, preach. <laughs> Sorry guys, I have no idea what I just said. So that was, like wisdom. That was wisdom. <laughs> So living out in Boston, you're talking about how like, um, you know, you just, you move there alone. You have like a couple of friends, but not like a large friend group. You don't have a car. So obviously it's a, it's a more unfamiliar environment for you. Did, have you had like, um, did you have a tough time feeling like comfortable in that new unfamiliar environment? Um, or did it like take some time to get yeah. there? You know, and like, I know you said you use like public transportation. Like for me, that's a little daunting. Like I take my car everywhere, like having to figure that out and feel like I just get lost all the time and freak out. Um, 
Yeah, definitely. So how'd you kind of navigate that? Did it take you a while? Yeah, like when I first moved here um, without my car. So fun fact, my car died before I moved to Boston after after graduation and before I moved here. Perfect, like perfect timing because I knew I wasn't taking my car here. Oh, yeah. Like I was while I was driving home from the wellness center. I went to the gym over the summer and I like shit the bed in Wolverham. I had to like pull over. Yeah, it, <laughs> car's dead. So public transportation. So there's no option. Like it, it, I have to take like the bus or the T at first. So it was kind of daunting because also too the Boston T system is so confusing if you don't know it. And it's not like New York where it's like a grid. It's like you're going and there's like different colors and it's just ridiculous. Um, but I think for me, and also too, like you guys were saying, like a small group moving out here, it can be kind of like you almost feel like unsafe. I think I felt better out here because I'm like, okay, I'm not totally unfamiliar with Boston. I do have some people out here that like, if I want to go explore the city, I like, I'm not going to go alone necessarily at first. Like I have some people I can go with. Um, but it's just really kind of like in the beginning, giving yourself some grace and like, don't expect to like move somewhere new and like know how everything works within a week of it. Like I have straight up gotten on the wrong bus. Like I've straight up gotten in on like the <laughs> T going in like the wrong direction. And it just like happens. Oh my God. Um, and you just like kind of figure it out and you triage and you go from there. But yeah, I think it's just a matter of just really like acclimating, but also too, it's like so much fun because there's so much newness to it that you can just kind of go on the weekends. Like me and my friends, we like to like try new restaurants or we'll like when the weather gets nicer out, if it ever gets nicer out, um, we'll go to like, we'll go find like a new reservoir to go on a walk at or something like that. Um, so at first it is really intimidating being in a totally new space, especially to, I agree, I do miss having my car. I like being able to get into my car and just go wherever I want in the heated seats and the music. I just don't have that luxury anymore. So now that I'm thinking about it, I really miss it. Oh, but um, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh my God, I miss my car. But <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely going to be an adjustment at first. But if you're open to it and if you know that's something that you really want to do and you want to move somewhere new like that, it, it, with time it'll come like for me now like getting on the bus is like nothing like I just don't even think anything of it I'm like okay like here it comes like here I am <laughs> at the bus stop so yeah so that's basically it in Boston yeah in terms of acclimating and whatnot to the area so you told us a lot um a lot a lot that we learned about you about your career about your habits about your friends do you have any other advice for people graduating college? Um, I guess the one thing, and I and I feel like this makes me sound so old when I say this, it's just like, don't feel like you're trapped. Like whatever decision you make post-grad, you're not stuck there for the rest of your life. Like if you want to move somewhere new, if you want to go to grad school, like whatever you want to do, you want to move back home, nothing's permanent. And if you really want to make something happen, you'll make it happen and you'll make a change. Um, and just like to, I think really like post-grad, you really start to value the quality over quantity of like the people in your life and really lean into those friendships that make you feel the best. And like I said earlier, like let go of the ones that maybe don't serve you as much anymore. Um, and yeah, and also just like have fun. At the end of the day, like that's the thing too, is like post-grad, it's like, time there's not a lot of time in the day when you start working and a lot of your time is like consists of work 
you want to like your work for one, but for two, you want to make that free time that you have, like do what you like and just like prioritize yourself. Cause at the end of the day, no one's going to prioritize you like you are. So yeah, so that's my words of wisdom and save your money. <laughs> save, save your money when you can, if you're living with your parents after post-grad or living at home. God, save your money. I wish sometimes I did that for a little bit. I should have for longer. Yeah. Save your money for sure. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today in our discussion about life after graduation. Thank you, Gabby, for being with us on the show. For all things Student Advocates for Wellness, follow us on Instagram at sc underscore student advocates. We hope you enjoyed and tune in next Wednesday.